one of the biggest signs for optimism. Here we see the swap dealing banks long about 15,000 silver contracts. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics. And happy Halloween as we take a look back into the silver world. We'll go through the COT report today, which does have a sign for optimism, as well as some of the other silver data that's out there as people continue to buy a lot of silver. And with that said, let us dig in. Uh, I am recording as of Sunday night where... Price of silver is still over $19. We'll be interesting to see how that's looking by the time you're watching this on Monday afternoon. And here we can see the silver chart, which this is a five-year chart. And you can see going back to 2020, had been in that 22-ish to $29 range back and forth. We see over the last couple of years until beloved March of this year. What a great time it was where silver actually got over $26 before the silver market started feeling the effects of the higher interest rates, which has had a lot of paper selling in the silver market, a lot of physical buying, which would seem to be divergent. You would think with people actually buying silver, the price should go up. But welcome to today's paper silver dominated world. And as you can see, we'll back into the one year chart here. There again, you see over $26 back in March, and then really been a tough time since then, and has then gone into a range between $18 and $21. So on the positive side, we're above the lows of the year, so certainly that's good. And in some ways, I think re reassuring or encouraging, especially with the way the Fed has continued to hike interest rates, which we'll talk about a little more later in this episode. I know there are some people who expected silver to go a bit lower from here, even below the $18 level. And certainly with those aggressive Fed hikes, which are still ongoing, we're expected to get another 75 basis points this week. At least encouraging to see that there have been a couple mini short squeezes, which have driven the price up as we've seen the banks get long at points this year and is the case right now as well so some reason for optimism along with the fact that at these lower prices you continue to see a lot of physical buying a lot of products harder to get a lot of delays and even the thousand ounce bars as we reported and had some dealers on in the past couple of weeks talking about how they're still available yet the quantities that are available getting lower of course, I've also commented plenty on the registered inventory on the COMEX, which is below 36 million ounces, and also how we've seen the LBMA London inventories go down as well. So a lot happening out there. And with that said, let's take a look at the latest COT report, which again, perhaps in my mind, one of the biggest signs for optimism. Here we see the swap dealing banks long about 15,000 silver contracts. And again, historically, that's been one of the better indicators of the price when the banks are long or even less short, often has been the beginning of a rally. Unfortunately, what usually ends those rallies is that we see the banks get very short and continue to wonder if one day we'll see them get overrun. Has not happened yet, but that's been the way the trend has gone. 
Here's a chart from Gold Charts or Us, which I like to look at. This shows the commercials, which slightly different than just looking at the banks, but a good indicator often because you can see these blue bars on the bottom section below here. Banks getting a little bit less short. And that was the beginning of a rally. As that went up, banks get more short. Price comes down a little bit. Then you take a look over here where you see them get less short. Again, coincides with the dip in the rally here as they get more short. Then the price of silver comes down. Again, same pattern there. So you can see again here getting more short. And that has certainly coincided with another decline in the silver price, the one we just talked about over the past few months. And right now the commercials closer to flat. And really this has been a pretty low level, even if you went farther back on this chart, but along with the banks being net long, you see the commercials short yet closer to flat. So at least the positioning showing a general indicator of Perhaps why we haven't seen the price of silver go lower to this point. So something that we will certainly keep an eye on here. Here is the weekly transparent silver holdings. Imagine SLV, all the other funds, also the COMEX, where we've seen a lot of metal come out consistently over these past few months. Here we go back in March, where you had just under 1.6 billion ounces and now down to just over 1.4 billion ounces. So a lot of metal coming out of there and meeting demand. One of the places of demand is certainly India, where here a chart courtesy of Ditch the Deep State from Wall Street Silver showing the divergence with the blue line being the LBMA vault that has also, as I mentioned, gone down quite significantly. And the red line being the amount of silver that has been imported to India, which I believe now after the September number is already in record territory for a year for India. We had a big number in July, dipped a little lower, although still historically large in August. And then another really big number in September we talked about last week on the show. So uh, a lot of that metal certainly going to India and Certainly the reports from the bullion dealers in the U.S. that a lot of people are buying metal to the degree that there are delays. And you hear that from reports from the Far East as well. So we'll see how it eventually all shakes out with that divergence between the price going low and a lot of people out there buying the actual physical metal. Here was a story from Zero Hedge that came up last week, basically capturing that same sentiment as because as physical silver demand soars, bullion dealers offering huge buyback premiums, as I'm sure you are most likely already aware. Premiums on the American Silver Eagle, almost 100%, depending on where you go. Uh, I've seen $36, $38 for Silver Eagles. And then you can see another chart here from Gold Charts or Us showing up to 74% on this chart. And at least something that I know people often get frustrated with the dealers and not saying there aren't dealers that have high prices, but here you can see the dealers are offering significant bids on these coins as well. Atmex offering $10 over spot per coin, uh, SD Bullion $10.50 and $11 over spot. I think JM Bullion may have been slightly even higher. 
And here was an interesting comment from Dr. Tyler Wall, who is the head of SD Bullion. Silver stackers we talk to on a regular basis seem to be getting tired of hearing about the market tightness without any movement in the bank spot price. However, obviously, that could be about to change if the COBEX and LBMA vault drain continues for longer. Again, uh, I will preface this. This is his opinion. I don't have any reason to suspect he's making this up, but certainly an interesting comment that I don't want to call speculation. But anyway, I'll just read the darn thing. As he mentions, one of the individuals I speak to regularly who has firsthand knowledge of a COMEX depositories operation told me that they didn't think there's any unspoken silver left, just people haven't figured it out. Interesting comment, given that there is supposedly 35 million ounces of registered silver left at the COMEX. And that's something that perhaps we'll check in with James Anderson of SD Bullion. He'll be at Silverfest on November 12th. That's a Saturday in just under two weeks where we'll be talking about all these issues. And uh, again, it's live. it will be live and free to attend like to join us there it'd be great to see and you can sign up the link in the description field below but that's something that we'll look forward to talking to james about but again here something that many of the dealers have mentioned pretty consistently some silver bullion production ordered out through march 2023 nearly every silver coin or round is at least four weeks delayed from purchase most six to eight weeks in regards to the Silver Eagles, in a rare occurrence, someone is quoting inventory that's actually left there on a shelf and ready to ship that day. Premium becomes almost irrelevant. So, again, uh, we've seen premium spike before, but not really to this extent. And at the same time, that metal is leaving the exchanges, as the article mentions, and again, that I've mentioned several times throughout the past couple of weeks. Big question, as always, where do we go from here? And that's something I'll be talking with Andy Sheckman for Miles Franklin. He'll be on the show later this week. So we'll get his opinion on that. Certainly interesting times. And at least on the positive side, I know people are frustrated with the COMEX spot price. Although, depending on when someone purchased metal and which product they purchased, some of the silver products, you know, you're doing all right on if you actually factor in and get the, the current level for those products and can get a good bid, whether from one of the dealers or a local sale or on eBay or however one chooses to go about that. Um, so anyway, just uh, some words of optimism. Again, uh, make your own decisions and all that good stuff, but at least uh, some good, good things happening out there uh, amidst all the other conditions that are happening in the world, which we'll talk about. Here's a comment from Bob Coleman, who is another precious metals dealer. It's come to my attention. Comments were made about production concerns for Pamp silver bars not being available till after January of next year. It's one that offers this hallmark. I spoke with the only distributor for Pamp in the USA. They reassured me the following times for availability, silver, 100 ounce bars, mid-November, kilo bars, end of November, 10 ounce bars, mid-December, and this was Friday, October 28th, and perhaps worth passing along. Bob is not one prone to hyperbole about these matters. I know he's often, uh, I don't want to say critical of other dealers, but goes out of his way to not hype things, shall we say. And here just sharing what he is seeing with the PAMP Silver Bars, which fits that overall trend of what we've been seeing in the market. So... Again, just reporting the conditions here and 
why there is some reason for optimism. And like that Zero Hedge article said, big question, how does it all play out? I think there will be a happy ending still, and I still have all of my silver and looking forward. I, I don't know when that will be. I don't think anyone knows when that will be, but certainly a lot of people purchasing silver. Here is the junk silver premiums that Rafi uh, often talks about on his Friday report. This chart from Gold Charts are us. Nick Laird's great site showing 47% premium. I did talk with Andy Sheckman uh, about a week ago. He said he has seen 60% premiums is more accurate. So I will defer to him since he's actually dealing in this day today. But um, again, American Eagles, the highest junk silver, certainly very high. There are some products that are a good bit lower, although certainly increased premiums on just about every silver product out there right now. In terms of gold, this was an interesting article from RT that came out last week. Russian banks run low on gold amid surging demand. Mentions that they abolished the purchase tax and that, amongst other things that are happening, has created a lot of demand in Russia. Article mentions that supply disruptions arose due to limited production capacity of refineries, which is an interesting point. And a lot of the folks I've talked with have mentioned that the refineries have been forced to slow down, especially in Europe, due to the energy concerns. So another factor in the supply chain, I believe it may have been Andrew McGuire who mentioned, possibly someone else, uh, but in either case that a lot of the refineries allocating most of their production towards the gold side and less so towards silver, again, with those energy concerns. But here you see that getting harder for Russians to get gold. And in March, the government scrapped the 20% value-added tax. Moreover, in June, the 13% income tax was withdrawn as well. And along with the lower price, the demand has been growing. We're developing infrastructure to work with individuals, but like most of these things, takes quite a while to do that. Certainly the same is the case with increasing silver production. So. According to Silver Institute numbers, we were in a deficit the last couple of years. And I would suggest with the silver price around the current cost of production for many of the primary silver miners, um, not certainly being certainly not being incentivized to go out and launch new products right now. So interesting conditions in both gold and silver. And why might all this be happening is partly because things are getting a bit chaotic out there. One of those factors is the U.S. mortgage market, along with the Fed interest rate hikes. We've seen mortgage rates go up quite a bit. And this one was from October 27th. So last Thursday, U.S. mortgage rates hit top or, or cross over 7%. Wall Street Journal had it up to 7.08%. year ago was just 3%. Highest in more than 20 years, which obviously means that if you want to go out and buy a house, even the same price house is going to cost you a lot more if you're taking out a mortgage. Buyer who puts 20% down on a medium price home would have a monthly payment of 2300 which is up 80% from a year ago when that would have been 1300 and again, none of this perhaps coming as a surprise, but we're starting to see the impact in the market here from CNBC. Pending home sales fell 10% in September 
which was a bit higher than the expected number. Economists had predicted a 4% decline, and it came in at the much worse than expected 10.2% decline. Also noting that sales were down 31% year over year. So the impact certainly being felt in one of the largest sections of the market and here, economist Lawrence Yoon mentioning persistent inflation has proven quite harmful to the housing market and doesn't seem to be coming down anytime soon, as we will get to momentarily, although one sign for those expecting or hoping or wanting a pivot, we did have the Fed's Daily say it's time to start talking about slowing rate hikes which was one of the things that was on the mind of the market last week. We saw a big rally on Friday as there was more hopes of a pivot. And Mary Daly saying, but I would really recommend people don't think, take that away and think, well, it's 75 basis points forever. We have to make sure we are doing everything in our power not to over tighten. And we can't pull up too fast and say that we are done. Although counterbalancing that with the Fed's preferred measure, that's their PCE deflator index, more than three times the 2% goal in the labor market still strong. It's a really challenging time to step down right now. We are not there yet, but she adds the time is now to start talking about stepping down. Time is now to start planning for stepping down. So at least really one of the first signs from one of these Fed officials of perhaps not a pivot and saying, all right, well, let's start lowering interest rates, but talking about a decrease in the pace of rates. And if we take a look at what the Fed Funds Futures is pricing in, here's for the meeting coming up on Wednesday, down to 80% of a 75 basis point hike, 20% of a 50 basis point hike, that had been a bit higher. I mean, it had been pretty much close to 100% for the 75 basis points. And with some of the developments over the last couple of weeks, see that coming down. If you look at the December meeting, this 450 to 475 basis point range compared to the current 300 to 325 basis point range, that would be if we had 75 basis points in November and another 75 in December, which many thought, if you looked uh, about a month ago, might be fait accompli, yet under 44% to get the two 75ers, and certainly with the labor report on Friday, amongst a bunch of other data that will be coming up, two labor reports and also another CPI reading before the Fed's December meeting. That will have a lot to do with that. But again, we'll keep you posted. Here is, as I mentioned, the PCE reading, which came in on Friday at 0.5 in September, in line with expectations, including food and energy. The headline number rose 0.3% for a month and 6.2% on a yearly basis. The core PC number, which strips out food and energy, that stuff that nobody uses, of course, 0.5% for the previous month, yet 5.1% over the past 12 months. And with the Fed using that as their preferred index, I guess you could say it's getting closer to two. Certainly still a ways above that, but lower than some of the readings that we were seeing earlier this year. 
and certainly something that the Fed will be commenting on on Wednesday. Here, if you take a look at the change from one month over a year ago, you can see June was 7%, July 6.4%, and 6.2% for the last two months. This is the headline number, which does include food and energy. Although, again, taking a look at those numbers, you can see here's August of last year, 0 0.4, 0 0.3, 0 0.6, 0.5, and lower than it has been. I know that doesn't make life easier for a lot of people out there, but again, one metric the Fed looks at is that the most accurate barometer of inflation? Most likely not, but at least considering what they're looking at in terms of making their interest rate decisions, just wanted to point that out, which I thought would be helpful. Meanwhile, as this is happening, one of the concerns is that the treasury market is going to be the next Fed crisis. Obviously, we had subprime mortgages that led to the led up to the Lehman failure back in 2008. And in 2022, as Zero Hedge writes here, it might be the $27 trillion treasury market. One of the reasons that that is coming into light is that when debt buyers evaporate, the ability to issue debt to fund the spending becomes increasingly problematic, as even Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen recently noted. We're worried about a loss of adequate liquidity in the bond market. One of the primary reasons is that for the past decade, the banks and brokerages had a willing buyer to which they could offload the treasuries, which was the Federal Reserve, although with the Fed still doing quantitative tightening and raising interest rates. That has taken the major buyer out of the market, and obviously we've seen rates go up quite a bit over the past couple of months has led for a potential plan for the government to step in and buy back its own bonds, which certainly sounds like an unusual setup of how these things would go. And interesting, the article concludes here, if something is breaking the treasury market, it will likely be the time to buy both stocks and long-dated treasuries as the next Fed or Treasury put returns. I would suggest this is why more people are turning towards precious metals or let me correct that maybe not more people but i would well i'd imagine that there's more people it's not just the silver and gold bugs at this point i think silver and gold bugs are probably buying more metal and increasing purchases but you had the issues flare up in england's bond market you had problems in japan as we will touch on in a moment and i think people are getting rightfully concerned about some of these things. And while the Fed, again, not getting ready to lower interest rates, certainly will be an interesting environment if they do begin to slow down the pace of rate increases. Speaking of rate increases, quick note here, ECB did raise 75 basis points last week. Now it's up to one and a half percent. Amazingly, the highest level in more than a decade, although still well below their inflation rate, which probably has a lot to do with why we see this chart where, let's go back a little further. Here in 2021, we see the euro at $1.22 and now is under parity, has been as low as, let's call it just under 96 cents. And with the Fed's interest rate high above that, I would imagine it will be staying below a dollar. Certainly, we'll keep an eye on thing with both central banks currently hiking. How far they both go, we will see in due time. 
Of course, on the other hand, there is the Japanese Central Bank, which has unveiled $200 billion of fiscal stimulus to fight inflation. will do more QE to fight adverse effects of QE. So you see the Japanese currency has been plummeting, which has led Japan to intervene multiple times. And the solution, of course, is to fire more stimulus into the market. And while Japan has jiggered their CPI formula, here it mentions they've come up with 10 different measures of CPI to convince people that the monetary policy is working. They have it at 3% in September. And Baroda of the Bank of Japan says, we're getting closer to achieving our 2% core consumer inflation target, not thinking of a rate hike anytime soon. Translation, the yen is going back to 150, where the Bank of Japan will have to intervene again and again until it finally runs out of U.S. reserves, at which point it is game over. So these are the reasons why you're seeing people turn to gold and silver. None of these situations are ideal. And while we've had a respite from the Fed, it's hard to see a situation where over the, let's call it medium or longer term, they're not reverting back to doing the same thing. I have been unable over the past 10 or 13 years to figure out a way in which they do not revert back to that. I've been surprised at the pace of the rate hikes. So I'll be the first to admit that. Although we're seeing things get chaotic as they continue to hike rates. So these are some of the conditions that have people buying metals and leaving silver in a situation where a lot of products out of stock delays and seeing inventories go down. And we'll just see how that plays out. Although before we wrap up, would like to thank First Majestic Silver, one of the largest primary silver producers for bringing us today's video. Back on October 18th, First Majestic announced that they had a new production record of 8.8 .8 million silver equivalent ounces that consists of 2.7 million ounces of silver, 67,000 ounces of gold. So even in a quarter where they had Jared Canyon shut down for two weeks for maintenance, still producing record production. So congratulations to First Majestic. They will be releasing their earnings next week on Wednesday, November 9th. So I know we have a lot of First Majestic silver shareholders in our audience, and you can keep an eye on that date. Fortunately, First Majestic will also be at Silverfest on Saturday, November 12th. We'll be having lunch in the First Majestic Silver booth, so be able to get any of your First Majestic Silver questions answered there, as well as a whole bunch of other fun stuff. So sign up, link to that in the description field below. With that said, going to wrap up for today. Thanks as always for being here. Hope you're having a great day out there, and I will see you again tomorrow.